helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Benjamin Franklin is quoted as saying, they who would give up essential liberty for temporary security deserve neither liberty or security. Now, most of the time, people focus on the essential liberty part, but today I want to discuss the idea of temporary security. See, the Second Amendment starts with the words, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Now, this phrase is often cited by those who wish guns to be restricted to the hands of government. However, the militia is not just the National Guard, but the armed population. Why is this so important? Why do the states need an armed population to be free? And what happens when the American people give up their arms for the promise from government to keep them safe? Well, that's what I want to look at today. Hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. And I'm so glad that you joined me today. You know, it, it, it's, it's interesting when we talk about certain topics, how we fall into patterns. And, uh, you know, the Second Amendment often talks, focuses on the second half of the Second Amendment. Uh, unless, of course, you're pretty much anti-gun, in which case you tend to focus on the first half. But only the word militia, not really what it means. But... I really want to take a look at this idea of security. It's something that's been on my mind quite a bit lately. The idea of what happens when we give up control of our security, when we place our security in the hands of someone else. And I think we have seen over the years what happens. Now, before I move on, just because I know somebody's going to bring this up, let, let's get to the definition of a militia. According to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, the militia of a country are the able-bodied men organized into companies, regiments, and brigades, brigades with officers of all grades and required by law to attend military exercises on certain days only, but at other times left to pursue their usual occupations. It sounds an awful lot like the National Guard, doesn't it? And, well, that kind of makes sense. But there's a more general understanding of militias as the armed populace. Or, for example, George Washington, obviously he was he was commanding general during the Revolutionary War, and many of the troops were actually not regular troops. They were simply militias. They were people who showed up with their own weapons to fight. He said, the very atmosphere of firearms anywhere and everywhere restrains evil interference. They deserve a place of honor with all that's good. Or Richard Henry Lee, the man who actually made the motion to declare independence. He said, to preserve liberty, it is essential that the whole body of people always possess arms. Or the words of James Madison, who said, the advantage of being armed, which the Americans possess over the people of almost every other nation, the existence of subordinate governments to which the people are attached and by which the militia officers are appointed, forms a barrier against the enterprises of ambition more insurmountable than any which a simple government of any form can admit of. And one more, I saved it for last because it's one of my favorites. It's a quote from Noah Webster himself who said, before a standing army can rule, the people must be disarmed, as they are in almost every kingdom in Europe. 
The supreme power in America cannot enforce unjust laws by the sword because the whole body of the people are armed and constitute a force superior to any bands of regular troops that can be on any pretense raised in the United States. A military force at the command of Congress can execute no laws but such as the people perceive to be just and constitutional. For they will possess the power and jealously will instantly inspire the inclination to resist the execution of a law which appears to them unjust and oppressive. It's interesting, I think, as the as society as a whole have kind of lost this idea of being armed. The, the idea of defending themselves, not simply against uh, criminals or, or, or foreign invasion, but against against Congress itself, against the United States, against our own central government. As we've given that up, as we, we've become dependent on government to protect us, we've lost that ability to jealously incline ourselves to resist the execution of a law which is unjust or oppressive. We've lost that. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we've lost the independence of thinking about defending ourselves. We seem obsessed with the idea of having somebody else defend us. And has anybody else noticed that the more and more we've given up our right to defend ourselves and expected government to do it for us, the more and more that standing army has grown? Not simply the U.S. Army, but the army of, of the FBI, the, the ATF, even the IRS. As we've seen over the last couple of years, these law enforcement agencies acting more and more as as military raids, coming in, you know, with with body armor and and uh, uh, auto, you know automatic weapons, maybe semi-automatic. I'm not sure, but still, don't don't doesn't don't you get the image of a government oppressing their 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 populace? The, that, that we've lost the advantage of being armed, that a standing a army is coming into rule because we no longer possess the arms or the will to defend ourselves. So let's take a look at some news items around this. I'm going to start with, uh, well, ghost guns. Now, ghost guns is a pejorative term. It's a scary term. Uh, what most people refer to as a ghost gun is an unserialized firearm generally one somebody builds themselves rather than purchasing from a gun manufacturer. Now, back in 2022, uh, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, or ATF, um, they created a new set of rules and restrictions. The problem is, um, not only did they basically make it up out of thin air, but uh, they violated the, uh, the actual language of the law they claim to be supporting. So the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal says that, yeah, no, no, you've, you've overstepped your authority. Uh, according to U.S. Circuit Judge Kurt Engelhart, uh, he wrote in the opinion, the agency rule at issue here flouts clear statutory text and exceeds the legislative imposed limits on agency authority in the name of public policy. Because Congress has neither authorized the expansion of firearm regulations nor permitted the criminalization of previously lawful conduct, the proposed rule constitutes unlawful action, uh, unlawful agency action in direct contravention of the legislature's will. Now, this I, I found this 
interesting. I found it interesting for a couple of reasons. Um, notice the court doesn't say anything about the Second Amendment. This had nothing to do with the right to keep and bear arms. This was the ATF making up a rule beyond the authority they had been delegated by Congress. See, Congress didn't authorize the ATF to redefine arms or to take what was previously legal conduct, uh, basically building your own firearm, and suddenly make it criminal. So what we have here, what and I've, again, I've heard a lot of people talk about a Second Amendment win. This is not a Second Amendment win. It, it, it is a win because it's basically saying that uh, the ATF doesn't have the legal authority to redefine a weapon and, and, and change the law. Congress does. Well, that's a win because the rule dies, but that still means that Congress can go in and implement this rule on their own. So it's a it's a guarded win. And it's not simply the Biden administration. Remember, the Trump administration's ATF created a new rule outlawing what are commonly called as bump stocks. Uh, these are their stocks. They're the part you, of the gun that you grip or in a, in a handgun, but... Uh, um, Generally, these are attached to rifles. It's the part you put against your shoulder that uh, um, basically takes a semi-automatic firearm and allows it to fire, uh, to repeatedly pull the trigger. Let me put it that way. It it it, it doesn't make it an automatic firearm. Doesn't doesn't make it fully automatic, um, but it does allow the firearm to fire faster, slightly faster, but faster. It's not you know it's not a huge difference, but. Again, th th these are considered scary because, oh my God, people can fire more bullets. Yeah. You know what else makes it makes it, uh, your gun fire more bullets? A shoelace. Yeah, I, you heard me. I said a shoelace. You take a shoelace, you tie it into a loop, you put it around the trigger, you tie the other loop, the other end to um, your belt or a belt loop, and then you take your hand and you push forward and guess what? You end up with the same thing because it basically works the same way as a bump stock. But the point here is that also got shot down at the uh, at the appellate court. Um, so again, we're seeing some places where the uh, again the courts are saying, "Listen, agencies, you cannot simply make stuff up on your own." Again, this is very important when you see those videos of ATF raiding people's homes. Um, because somebody said somebody, or you know, they've been swatted, or whatever. It it really, you know, the the courts at least lately have found these things to be fine. But it's even more important than that. See, to me, it's not simply that. Oh well, the court said it was okay. You know, guess what? Courts are not the supreme law of the land. The Constitution is. And the idea of governments are afraid of these weapons, mean I think makes them a very good thing. See, the government's afraid of, of what they call ghost guns because if they're not serialized, if they're not made a manufacturer, one, they don't participate in interstate commerce. So <laughs> the federal government has no legal authority to regulate them. Let me say that again. If you are building a gun on your own, um, you don't have to put a serial number on it. It is not part of interstate commerce. Therefore, they can't, they can't even pretend to regulate it. Now, what they are trying to regulate are the partially completed, but again, Congress didn't say they could do that. But the other part is that, you know, if the government doesn't, if you build a, a 
what's called a partially completed frame or an 80% lower. Um, Congress doesn't know where it is. There's not a serial number. There's not a paper trail. You didn't have to go through a background check. Con they don't know where it is, which scares the crap out of tyrants. The same thing with a bump stock, right? Because again, if the ATF is showing up or the FBI or the IRS and they've got automatic weapons, why should we not have automatic weapons to defend ourselves from an overly aggressive government trying to enforce an unjust and unconstitutional law in violation of the very oath they took in the laws of the United States? Why should we, the people, not be able to defend ourselves on equal footing with the tyrants? Now listen, if, the, if government officials are... are uh, not acting as tyrants, they have nothing to fear from an armed populace. If government actors uh, are not acting tyrannically, they have nothing to fear from an armed populace. And guess what? The armed populace has nothing to fear from the, ar from the armed law-abiding citizen. And let's face it, criminals don't care about laws. They, by definition, break laws. So what we're seeing is we're being convinced that we need to give up our right to our tools to protect ourselves and let government do it for us. That's what people say, right? What do you need guns for? You've got the police. And I've heard plenty of pithy responses to that. But the very simple answer is I defend myself. I am the first responder in this household. I am the first line of defense. Now I'd be more than happy for government to come back me up. But if that criminal shows up, if that tyrant shows up, me, I'm the first line of defense. And I think that's a mindset we need to return to the people of the United States. And one other, see, the Supreme Court recently heard oral arguments in a case, United States versus Rahimi. And there's a lot of talk about it saying, oh, you know, the court may, uh, um, may, put, may rescind laws that or federal law that says if you're under a domestic violence restraining order, uh, you can't possess a firearm. I'm actually writing an article on that, so hopefully it'll be out in a few days. But um, I go into much more detail because there's a lot more to it than that simple top line. You know, oh yeah, you, know, you can uh, just because you get a restraining order doesn't mean uh, you lose your right to keep and bear arms. There's, there's actually a lot more, and I think Rahimi is actually. <laughs> Not the best case to bring it forward, simply because of who Mr. Rahimi is. So keep your eyes open. Um, I, I'm working on an article. It will be on America Out Loud uh, on the website, so you can find out more there. And speaking of America Out Loud, you know, AmericaOutloud.news is a great place to go every day for news and information. In fact, I do. I get the news feeds. They come into my newsreader. So I'm looking at all these articles. And there's some great content covering a lot of different topics from a lot of different points of view, which to me is a really, really good thing. So I recommend you do the same thing. Go to AmericaOutloud.news each and every day. See what's going on. See the different points of view. But I want you to do your part. See, the same way we should not be dependent on government to protect us, we need to stop being dependent on government and on news media, especially the corporate media that seems to be in bed with the government, to tell us what's going on. We need to hear the rest of the story. But that only works if you help. If you take a look at those, those stories, the podcasts, the videos, the articles, and you find things that are interesting, find things that are important, find something that, that really lights a fire under you, 
and share it. See, we often talk about the blessings of liberty here. The blessings of liberty mean nothing if you don't exercise them. And by sharing, by exercising your right to, um, to freely publish information, to freely share that information, you're not simply alerting people to what's going on, but you're doing your part to secure the blessings of liberty. And a great place to start is AmericaOutloud.news. While you're at it, check out constitutionstudy.com. There's a lot going on over there. I recently rebuilt the entire website. I've got a news feed over there. So you've got breaking news. You've got my press releases, all my all the interviews. So when I get interviewed uh, on another program, I'll put a link uh, on, uh, on, on the website so you can find out more. Of course, you can always ask a question. I love questions. I, I want more questions. Simply click the ask a question uh, link in the menu fill out the form. If you'd like me to answer it on the radio, I'd be more than happy to. And, um, you know, you could also check out the Patriots program. It's a program we've started up just, we just started up in the last couple of months. And it's, it's designed not to replace what you're doing, but to help you do what you're doing better, to give you the education and tools you can use, communication tools, people who are willing to stand up and help. And it's all there. Find out more. Just click the Patriots button and find out more. It is invitation only. You do have to go through the boot camp. You pass the boot camp. You, you look at our, our oath. You, you agree to that. And then you'll get an invitation to join us. So I, please check it out. Again, that's constitutionstudy.com slash Patriots to get right to the Patriots program. And I'll be back right after these brief messages. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order.
Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study, and today we're looking at the question of who keeps you safe. Now, I know it's been drilled into us that it's government's job to keep us safe, but take a look at the Declaration of Independence. Take a look at the Constitution. The purpose of government is not to keep you safe, but to protect your rights, including your right to defend yourself. See, by turning over the 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 power to keep us safe to somebody else. By, I'm not saying you can't get help from other people, but by placing the sole responsibility in somebody else, well, in many ways, you become enslaved to them. You become dependent on them. And we've seen the, uh, the outcome in, well, in many of our major cities. <laughs> I, heard, I heard an interesting report this morning. Um, they were talking about San Francisco, and the, you know, there's this big uh, Pacific Rim economic thing going on, and everyone's all up with, you know, uh, uh, Xi Jinping is going to be here. And they were talking about San Francisco is going through, they're, they're trying to clean up the streets, right? Get all the human filth, the, the drug paraphernalia. <laughs> they even said that they are putting scent in the water they're using just to cover up. It just reminded me, I saw the uh, uh, Babylon Bee headline yesterday about, uh, you know, San Francisco using a giant can of Febreze to get rid of the scent. And I thought it was rather funny till I, re- till I heard this report about they're actually putting scent in the water so they don't stink so bad. Um, but think of the, the crime that's running rampant in, in San Francisco. And how many stores are moving out of San Francisco? They're shutting down their retail locations because of the theft. Or they're putting product behind locked doors and they're just throwing, you know, pictures and stuff out for people to see because theft has got so bad. It's And again, New York City's having to deal with this as well. And of course, I was born in New York City. I lived uh, uh, the first uh, 10, 11 years of my life in New York City. So this report kind of got my attention. Now, how many of you have heard about the, uh, they call them, well, some of you are calling the Subway Samaritan. Um, there was a woman on the subway being robbed. Uh, somebody was, was was trying to steal her stuff. And um, apparently somebody came up and uh, pulled out a gun and fired a shot inside of the subway uh, to stop the robbery. Uh, according to the police report, the uh, uh, the person overheard the the mugger demand the woman give him money to threaten to steal her purse, and uh, again he fired a single round in the uh, uh, in the subway somewhere around the Forty Ninth Street subway station. Now, my antenna go up because on the one hand you've got uh, you know here's a woman um, apparent victim. Uh, of a crime, and someone came to her aid. I'm glad. I'm glad someone came up there and didn't just sit there like we see so often and just pull out their phone and start videoing it so they could post it on TikTok. He came to her aid. Now, I don't know the situation. I don't know who else was in the car. Um, my first thought is discharging a firearm in such a confined space um, could be quite dangerous. The um, the 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 walls of a subway car are fairly thin metal. Um, a handgun round could easily go through much of it. Um, and of course, you know, 
one of the rules of handgun safety is know what you're shooting at and what's beyond it because you're responsible for that round until it stops moving. So I, I have some mixed uh, uh, so about the situation. I'm giving the 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 Samaritan the, a bit of benefit of doubt because I don't know the situation. I don't I don't have the enough of the details. But you see, then something very interesting happened. You see, the uh, the good Samaritan, um, yeah, he was arrested. Uh, he was let out on on ten thousand dollars bail. He's referred to as a as a vigilante now. To me, I mean, why a vigilante? Why is the idea of one person coming to the defense of another given such a, the, given such a, a bad reputation? You know, again, imagine that was not some woman. Imagine that was your, your mother, your wife, your sister, your best friend. And now she's being threatened wouldn't you want someone to come to their defense? No, we have this idea that it must be law enforcement. It must be the government that comes to a person's defense. Um, government can't be everywhere. We don't want government everywhere. And um, the idea that if you're not prepared to defend yourself, then someone were coming to the defense. Now, again, I'm still a little iffy about the actual discharge of a firearm. One, it must have hurt. Right? I don't know, you know, any handgun he has, even even a 22 long rifle in a confined space like a subway car, it, the report's going to hurt. It, it's it's loud. It's going to hurt your ears. But uh, the man, last I know, is behind bars. Because he's been charged with criminal possession of a weapon, criminal possession of a firearm, reckless endangerment, and menacing. Now, I don't know if the criminal possession has to, anything to do with his background. As I understand it, he does not have a criminal record, um, you know, so he, he, he doesn't have a criminal history. So it's not like he's a felon in possession or something like that. But then again, I'm, I'm not familiar with the laws. I don't know. Did he not have a permit? Um I don't know if the subway is considered a a, um, a sensitive place, um, but the whole idea of he's being charged with menacing for saving someone from a crime. Now, if you want to say he didn't have a lawful possession of a weapon or a firearm because he didn't have a license for it, that's one thing. And I don't know if that's the case, um, but that would be a question. But if you're saying, hey, menacing. He was menacing someone in the act of a crime. He was getting them to stop a crime. But that kind of is where the state of New York City is. And again, reckless endangerment, as I said, I don't know all the details. It, it depends where the man was standing, where the criminal was standing. You know, there's, there's a lot I, I don't know. But again, having lived in New York City, having visited there many, many, many times, um, People coming to the defense of others is not the problem. It's the symptom of the problem. New York City has a crime problem. Since one extent or another, they've had one pretty much as long as I've known. But right now, there's a serious crime problem in New York. And the fact that um, someone was actually brave enough to come to the defense of others, that... 
I don't know if he did it the best way. That's what I guess what I'm trying to say. But the idea of, of looking at him as these he's the problem because he had a gun. What about the dude that was in the in the committing uh, uh, extortion? Give me your money or I'll steal your 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 purse. That's menacing. Did 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 this guy get arrested? I don't know. I haven't seen in the reports. Everyone's focused on the fact that this guy had a gun and fired a gun. But to me, the it, it, this whole idea is epitomized by an interview they had with the woman, the who doesn't want to be identified, and I fully understand that. Uh, I think she was being interviewed by the the New York Post. She said, "Of course, I'm happy that the man tried to help me and that nobody was injured during the incident." But it's scary to think that people are carrying guns around the city. So I don't understand why people do it. They see it as their only means of protection. Now, I want you to stop and think about this. This is a woman. She was be again, she's being mugged or sort of mugged. And she's more worried about the law-abiding citizen that there may be people carrying guns than there are people who are willing to use their bodies, their greater strength to harm people. See, this is the part that that always drives me crazy. This she's more she's worried about the fact that people have they're carrying guns around the city. This is a man that was carrying a gun that used it to save her. Again, uh, you know, I, I don't know that the discharge of the firearm was the right thing to do. Maybe all he had to do was pull it and point it at the guy. I don't know. I don't have all the details. I wasn't there, but oh, he shouldn't have a gun. Lady, not only not not only are there people around the, the city carrying guns, you're very happy that there are about 30, 40,000 people walking around the city carrying guns. They're called police. So apparently she's more than happy to put the the defense of her safety in the hands of government government actors, she's very concerned about people doing it themselves. Now, again, this appears to be, uh, again, extortion, mugging, purse snatching. What if it wasn't? Uh, what if this was a rapist? What if this was somebody that was willing to commit violence to get her money? Maybe beat her up, break an arm? Would she still be more worried about the guy that had the gun that came to her rescue than the guy that was trying to harm her? See, she's have what, what's referred to as hoplophobia. She has an irrational, I believe to be an irrational fear of firearms. Because she's more worried about the fact that people have guns than the fact that there are bad people who wish to harm others. But she's been indoctrinated with the idea that it's government's job to carry guns. It's government's job to protect me. And if someone else, a, 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 a non-government employee, wants to come and protect me and they have a gun to do it, well, that's bad. And I think that it's this idea. She has become dependent on government for her very safety, for her very ability to, to go about her life without, um, without harm. And government can't do that job. Because the only way for that to happen is if there are police at each and every intersection, each and every hallway, each and every subway station, you would need not 30 to 40,000 police. You'd need a million police officers to do that. And I don't think she wants to live in such a police state. 
Another example, again, from New York, this time from New York State, of government just being the wrong actor. You know, with, with after the Gaza, uh, after the Hamas, I should say, the Hamas uh, acts of October 7th, the, the truly atrocious, inhuman acts, um, there has been escalating attacks on both the Jewish and Muslim communities. Granted, I've seen much more actual attacks against the Jewish community um, than I have the Muslim community, but there have been some bad things said about the Muslim community. I I, I agree. Uh, there are some, some people who, um, well, let's say paint with very broad brush. So in comes the governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, to the rescue. And what's her plan to do? Well, it includes spying on, on, on people. She wants to increase the surveillance on social media. Now, again, she wants to monitor the speech of New Yorkers and other American citizens to see if someone's going to say something bad. Now, it's interesting, she says, uh, we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts, what's being said on social media platforms. And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negative negativity and reach out to people. Um, how about you actually punish people when they commit crimes? I mean, we had the, the pro-Palestinian um, uh, activists that um, cornered uh, Jewish students in a library in a public school, and I believe a public uh, college. Um, we've had, again, the the tearing down, people putting up posters of um, people held hostage. We've had those torn down. Uh, we've had other confrontations. Uh, where is the law enforcement there? Why are you more interested in uh, violating New York State's constitution about freedom of speech and freedom of the press than you are in actually finding people that are committing crimes and punishing them. You're more worried about what people say than what people do. And if that is how you're going to protect people and protect their rights, then you're not protecting their rights. You're infringing on their rights. And the, the actions of the state and city of New York have shown that they're more interested in letting criminals free than they are in punishing them for their crimes. See, that's the problem with giving government the authority, the sole authority, to protect you. They politicize it. See, it's a lot easier to simply say, we're going to spy on everybody. And if you say something wrong, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get in the way. We're gonna lock you up. We're gonna do something to prevent you from doing something bad. The problem is, you can, you, you you include a lot of people who had no intention of doing anything wrong. That's why we have this thing called freedom of speech and freedom of the press. You're allowed to say what you like. And I'm sorry, hate speech is something that that politicians have made up to make it sound like things they don't like are are criminal. You know what? If you want to go out and say, uh, you know, Palestinian you know, Israel is is occupied territory, you have every right to say that, and the government has no legal authority to say you can't say that, and they have no legal authority to say because you say that um, we're going to inf we're going to stop you, prevent you, get in the way. What they really should be doing, and if we had a functioning judicial system, would be doing is they would say, hey, you know what? You've been arrested for a crime. How about we not uh, let you out on um, minimal bail or you know, take 90% of your sentence and just turn it into um, a parole? How about we actually take repeat offenders and punish them? How about we actually look for justice rather than political, uh, looking good politically? 
See, part of the problem with depending on government to protect you is uh, government is run by politicians, and they're more interested in how things look than how things work. I've taken another break. Before I do, though, you know, one of the problems we run into is you get sick. I mean, you're in a crowd, you pick up germs. When I used to travel a lot, um, and still when I travel, it's easy to get, we used to call it the crud. So I found a way to support my immune system while I'm on the go with Healthy Cells Immune Super Boost. It includes immune-boosting nutrients and a travel-ready gel pack. I just throw them in my bag, and I hit the road, and I take one every day. There's over a dozen supplements in each and every tra- uh, gel pack. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order uh, from Healthy Cell, whether it's Immune Super Boost or anything. Find out more at americaoutloud.shop. When you go to when you go to Health Cell, though, use that code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. Today, we're talking about who keeps you safe? Who do you trust to keep you safe? We've been indoctrinated with this idea that it's the government job to keep job to keep us safe. But the problem is, not only is it not the government's job, again, read the Declaration of Independence. They're, they're there to, to protect our rights, not to protect us. Because when you look at the, at the world around us, governments, well, they're inherently political which means government law enforcement at some level is going to be political. 
Now, I, I live outside of Nashville, Tennessee. So when they the mass murder happened at the Covenant School, obviously it was big news. It was local news. It had a huge impact. And one of the odd things about that, well, there are two great, one thing that was great was how well the police handled it. Um, uh, they, they did a very good job from what I could see. And from the experts I talked to, uh, that was confirmed. But the odd thing is this person left a manifesto. Now, there are several oddities. One, it was a woman. Second, she claimed to be transgender. Uh, but there was this manifesto. And for some reason, the manifesto didn't want to be released. There are people who are hiding the manifesto. Now, there's a part of me that looks and says, okay, maybe there's a reason for that, right? Maybe we've got, um, uh, you know, this personal information. Uh, maybe it doesn't have anything to do with it. Maybe. But there's another part of me going, there's something else going on here. So eventually, uh, uh, part of the manifesto got leaked, and it turns out that um, the person who committed this horrible crime, and I will not name her, um, she was a racist. She left a racist manifesto. She committed hate crimes against white people. And what's interesting is, so this is now out. It's been confirmed by the Metro Nashville Police Department to be, uh, to be accurate, to be real. And yet, our vaunted Department of Injustice, our Federal Bureau of Intimidation, refuses to recognize this as a, an, as a racist hate crime that looks at the manifesto the leaked manifesto and says this person was racist. Um, she had been indoctrinated, I believe, into an anti-white white racism, and she took it out on children. I'm, I'm not surprised, right? Because uh, previous mass murders where there were manifestos, the manifestos were readily released, and and they often pointed to um, uh, racist and, and and other other ideas, uh, but not this one. Why? Was it because this person was claimed to be transgender? Was it because it was a woman? Or was it because it didn't fit the right narrative? Because not only was it apparently racist, but it was also, um, I don't know, what, what's the proper term for this? She was upset with people going to, to fancy private schools and in nice clothes and, and, you know, they were privileged. The fact that she went to that school apparently didn't didn't bother her, but we see the toxic environment of what is now, uh, you know, what what has come of our culture, and the last thing people want to do is be reminded of it. But if you don't know the truth, how can you deal with the problem? And what does it say to the world when you have a government organization, a law enforcement organization, that has been found targeting parents, Roman Catholics? Um, constitutionally, people who support the Constitution as potential domestic violent extremists being tagged that way. What do you do when you reward them? Oh, how do they ever? They're getting a new headquarters. A $375 million headquarters has been uh, appropriated for the FBI to build a headquarters in Maryland, I believe. Um. I don't know. I think maybe the FBI should be being having their funding cut until they actually spend, oh, maybe less time intimidating people and more time actually investigating crimes. So again, the law enforcement has been politicized. They're being rewarded for their um, bad behavior. 
And I just have to wonder, what does that say? Now you're put, you're telling me you're going to put your life, your family's life in the hands of people who are continually being rewarded for violating the rights of people who are the political opponents of, of, uh, well, the Marxist progressives. And in fact, are more than willing to put on a show, a true shock and awe to people who, who are political opponents. Or may, let's say, let, let's even give them benefit, may have committed a minor offense. For example, um, the how many times have, have we seen the FBI, the ATF, raid homes of people who were in the Capitol on January 6th? They, they, they went in strong against a pro-lifer who was acquitted of defending his son from an aggressive pro, uh, uh, pro-abortion activist. I mean, this is, this is part of the executive branch, part of the administration that considers their political opponents, MAGA supporters, as domestic terrorists. Well, guess what? Police and SWAT showed up at a, a location in New Jersey to pick up a man who was wanted on quote-unquote charges related to being in the Capitol on January 6th, to, uh, 2021. Now, did they contact the man and ask him to turn himself in? Did they, did they contact a lawyer and ask him to have him turn himself in? No, they show up with a SWAT team. Well, apparently, um, they were spotted, and the man ran. Now, from a legal standpoint, I don't know how wise it is to run, but let's guess, let's what? If you're, if you're sitting in your home and you have a group of heavily armed supposed law enforcement agents showing up, I don't think I'd hang around because they're inherently dangerous. They are an imminent threat to your life. I've told this story before. You know, I got a, I got a phone call. Um, from a, a a voicemail from someone claiming to be FBI. Uh, the first voicemail, I didn't trust the number. Second voicemail, yes, it was an FBI office. I contacted them. They said, hey, Mr. Engel, we have a subpoena to deliver. We wanted to call you beforehand. Very smart move. They didn't show up with a SWAT team. They didn't show up heavy. They didn't even show up as two agent, armed agents in a black SUV, because guess what? Black SUV shows up in my front door. Two armed men get out. I'm kind of on alert. I live in Middle Tennessee. You're likely to not get a very pleasant greeting that way. They called. They told me why they were coming. They asked if I would be home. And we had a, a quite cordial conversation. Uh, no big deal. But I want you to consider this. With all that's going on in the world, how much of the attention of the FBI is being distracted from going after people who protested on January 6th? How many, you know, how many people who have committed maybe the crime of trespass or even um, uh, you know, damaging public property are being dealt with with these terror task force? This is intimidation. And this is what happens when you put your safety solely in the hands of government. And a perfect example of the politicization of what is laughably called the Department of Justice. We don't have a justice system, ladies and gentlemen. We have just a system. Now, how many of you remember, uh, um, I think his name is Kendred Hamlin. Hamlin. Uh, he assaulted 
uh, Representative uh, Angie Craig, uh, I think it was back in February. Uh, it, they, they were in, in her D.C. apartment building. He assaulted her. And the DOJ, once he was found guilty, recommended 39 months in jail. So U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves, in their sentencing document memo, recommend, recommended 39 months. Now compare that to, and again, 39 months, assault, a little over three, three okay, maybe. But what about the case of, of Eric Herrera? See, he entered the Capitol on January 6th. He took a photo of himself in the Senate parliamentarian's office, which he then posted on, on Instagram. Based on this, that very same Mr. Graves sought not 39 months, not 49 months. He sought 57 months months for a nonviolent crime, basically trespass. A violent criminal gets 39 months. A nonviolent criminal gets 50, they rest 57 months. He actually got uh, um, sentenced to 48. He got four years in jail for a nonviolent crime. Well, you've got a violent, you've got a, a violent crime gets, he only asked for 39 months. You see how warped and twisted it becomes? That's what happens when you put government and thereby politicians in charge of your protection. Eventually, it gets politicized. At some level, it's going to be politicized. And by the way, Mr. Harara is not the only example. Um, Hunter Seafried, he, he broke a window in the Capitol. Um, he got, he, the Graves recommended 64 months for him. Um, the, the, the infamous QAnon shaman, the, the, the dude with the horns. Well, the one with the video of him pleasantly talking with people and, and not being violent and, and being escorted around. Yeah. Graves wanted 51 months for him. See, when you give up your, not just your right, but your duty to protect yourself, when you expect someone else to do it for you, you are now at their mercy. Your, your future is in their hands. And I don't know about you, but um, I, I don't want politicians and political appointees being in charge of whether or how my safety is dealt with. There's a reason why I protect myself. I'm in charge of my own safety. There's a reason why there are certain places I will not go because they won't let me defend myself. They expect me to make myself dependent on, on others. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, just not a safe place to be. See, we often talk about the right to keep and bear arms at the big scale. But ultimately, what you're talking about is the right to keep. If, if you want to have a free state, if you want a free and secure state, you must have an armed militia to defend themselves when these government tyrants come to town. When the FBI and the DOJ and the ATF get too big for their britches, you need a state that can defend itself. That includes the militia. Because if the, you know, the government simply, you know, the federal government simply calls up the, the National Guard, then who does the state have to protect themselves? That's why you need a militia. It's also why you need an armed populace. You need that militia so that the armed populace can protect themselves, not just from government, 
but from the criminal in their midst. See, there's a reason why we talk about defending ourselves. We you know the president takes an oath, the military takes an oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We often think about it from that standpoint, but I want you just to consider who protects yourself. When it, it, and let's extend it beyond simply self-defense. When natural disasters hit, are you sitting around waiting for government to come save you, or are you going to do what you can to save yourself? Are you going to prepare to defend your to protect yourself in a, in a natural disaster? Whether it's the the wildfires in in Hawaii, um, hurricanes in Florida, how often have we seen people? impotently waiting for government to come save them, and then whining and complaining about how government do, does it. Well, they didn't get here fast enough, and there wasn't enough money, and there weren't enough people. And What did you do to protect yourself? I mean, personally, I have, I have food. I, I, I have access to, to power that would be completely independent of the grid. And I have weapons to defend myself, should I need it. God forbid I actually need it. I'd love to live my life and say, I didn't need it. Let someone else use it. Let someone else take it. But because I'm not waiting around for government to, to protect me from absolutely everything. I'm not waiting for government to do that. Then I must be prepared to defend myself. And you know what? It feels good. I know a lot of people are scared. Oh, my God, you mean you're walking around with a gun? Yes. Because it's nice to know that, God forbid something happen, I'm ready. Not because I've got a, a, a firearm in my house or on my hip, but because I've thought, what do I do here if something terrible happens? If a fire breaks out, if uh, a criminal walks in, if there's a natural disaster, I think about these things. And rather than making me feel bad, it actually makes me feel good. Because I know the body won't go where the mind hasn't been. Because I take responsibility for my own safety. Government is a backup. They are there to help me keep myself safe, not to do it for me. I only wish more Americans would think along the same lines. That the role of government is to support you as you defend your rights, as you defend your life, as you prepare for disaster and emergency. They're not there to do it for you. See, a subject is dependent on government. A slave is dependent on someone else to feed them, to protect them, and to defend them. We claim to be a free people. We claim to be the land of the free. Well, the only way you can be free is if you're prepared to defend yourself against all enemies, foreign and domestic, whether they be human beings or Mother Nature. That is a free people. And for those of you who think, no, Paul, that's the role of government, I just have one question to ask you to, to answer for yourself before we go. What happens when government doesn't do that job? Now, I hope you'll come back and join us here for the Constitution Study. You can hear us every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio network. 
All the episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. So if you can't listen at 4 p.m. Eastern time, catch me on the podcast. Listen to your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor. Subscribe to the show. Leave, a, leave us a rating or a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But as with everything else there, I want you to share them. Think about the blessings of liberty we've been talking about today. Well, do you want to be part of that? Do you want to help share that work, help other people open their eyes and see? Do you want to share those blessings of liberty? The first step is to take this information, take this news, take those links and share them. I don't care how far you share them. I don't care how wide you share them. Share them where you can. That's what makes the difference. See, it's not simply the big voice that makes the difference. It's a lot of little voices that will help us return to the land of the free because they are brave enough to do what they can to keep themselves safe and free.